0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sports Brews and News. I am your host, Matt. I am flying solo this morning because Josh has started a na- nice big boy job. He is He's living the dream down there in Vegas, got a nice job. So just me this week, we have a lot of exciting things to talk about. We have to talk about, obviously, the college football playoffs, the NFL Week 17 and playoff picture, and uh, a couple bits about the NHL Um in NBA. So, first things first, if you're looking for us, somehow stumbled upon us, hey, thanks for checking us out. Sports Brews News on all of your podcasting platforms. That's where we are found. Go ahead and go to Twitter, Sports Brews News, and uh, you can catch us you know tweeting along with most of the games. Obviously, yes, when the Packers are playing, uh, we are Pac- Green Bay Packers fans. I am an owner, you know, no big deal. So, you'll hear me. See me tweeting about the Green Bay Packers a good amount, but we love the sports as as total. We we just love sports. We're big sports fans, so we love discussing any and all sports. So with that said, um, yeah, college football playoffs wrapped up this week. We have the championship game coming up next week. Uh, the week seventeen in the NFL is wrapping up tonight with the Browns and Steelers with what is Ben Roethlisberger's final home game as a Pittsburgh Steeler before uh. He rides off into the proverbial sunset there, right? So a lot of exciting things happening. I hope everybody's holiday was pretty good. It's, It's that crazy time of year where there's so much happening so fast. And we were just so spoiled over the last week with football just all day, every day, just about. And now we're kind of winding down into that sad time of year where it's like, oh, man, I have to actually talk to family members. What is that like? What are my kids' names again? So... Yeah, it's, it's both an exciting and sad time of year. And uh, if you're like me, you probably have booked a vacation uh, during Super Bowl weekend because sometimes I am not the smartest man. But uh, hey, I would love to get to a Green Bay Packers playoff game if this is indeed Rodgers and Adams' final year as a Packer. But we'll talk about that later. Let's start here with uh, some college football, though. Man, it was it was a relatively exciting weekend. For college football if you aren't looking at the college football playoffs uh starting there we we had Cincinnati they uh they held in there for a little bit man let me tell you they actually played Bama pretty decently for a little bit of course it felt like Alabama was just kind of sleepwalking through this game they won 27 to 6 which man Desmond Ritter only threw for 144 yards uh, they could not get anything going on offense. They couldn't get Alec Pierce going, he only had 17 yards, two catches. And that first drive, so Alabama went down, obviously ran right down Cincinnati's throat. And it just, everybody's clamoring, saying that Cincinnati didn't belong so evidently. But that's not the case, because if you look at all, all but, what, three or four of the college games in the playoffs ever since the inception of this, They've all been blowouts. The average margin of victory is 21 points. So, like, let's get serious. And credit to the Cincinnati defense. They held in there for a good about. They they really held their own. They they intercepted Bryce Young. They kept this very close. It was 10-3 to 3 up until the end of the half. And, of course, you know, Alabama went and scored and made it 17-3. to 3. But they gave that offense plenty of chances to get anything going. And Cincinnati's offense just could not get going. They were stifled just just not getting it going whatsoever and yeah it is kind of funny though looking at the size difference between these two play- teams because they play the same sport but man alabama just looked like obviously they were so much bigger so much more massive and credit credit to cincinnati Hey, they went out there, they they did their best, right, uh, as the four seed. Mm, argument can be made that, yeah, maybe it should have been Cincy and Michigan matched up first, but it is what it is. Uh, moving over to Georgia and Michigan, this game, right from the get-go, Georgia just imposed their will. This is not the Georgia team that we saw play in the SEC championship. This defense was swarming. This defense was all over the place. Stetson Bennett... That man threw for three hundred and ten yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and they they were just they were going right from the get go. They didn't have anybody on the ground that really ran a lot of yards. I mean, Zamir White had twelve carries for fifty four yards. He was their their leading rusher. Um, James Cook was their leading receiver with three catches, ninety nine yards in a touchdown. But that defense, man, Darian Kendrick had two interceptions right from the get-go it was just you could tell that uh th- that Michigan was overmatched and Cade McNamara only threw for 106 yards, two interceptions. JJ McCarthy came in threw for 131 yards, one touchdown. Uh Hassan Haskins, nine carries, 39 yards. It was not pretty, not pretty whatsoever. And it's kind of interesting because you know Michigan's defense really looked like all year that they had a really good defense, but Hutchinson didn't even have a sack. He had three tackles, zero sacks. Their defense was just not there. Offense was not there. And yeah, this game, 34 11, but it was over as soon as that ball was kicked off. It just, it was not good for Michigan at all. And so you do wonder, of course, then, like, okay, what if Michigan, and Cincinnati played? What if Bama and Georgia played? Or, hey, what if Ohio State did make it in? But, you know, we just had to roll with what we had, right? And it's clear the two SEC teams, you know, Georgia just rolled all year, got steamrolled by Alabama. Is this Georgia team going to be able to get up and play the level that they played this game against Alabama? Or are we going to see them roll over and Alabama's going to win yet another championship game? Because it's certainly seeming that way, right? Alabama walked through this whole season. They had close games. Nobody... Believe You know, the whole nobody believed in us aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't that. It's, they played really, really close games. I mean, they, they nearly lost to LSU. They nearly lost to Auburn. They nearly lost to Florida. And then they lost to A&M. So it's, it's, we had every right to think that this Alabama team isn't right. And, you know, for what it's worth, they didn't look like the dominating Alabama team that we've seen every year as well. So... We'll see. We'll see. I obviously I'm, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. I think Alabama's gonna win the championship because that's the world we live in. God doesn't actually exist. We're stuck, just living this same life over and over in college football, and it's. I don't know what the answer is, as far as what to do. Right. I mean, there's a lack of parity, so to speak, when it comes to. I mean, granted, yeah, we got two new teams into the playoff this year, but. They should expand the playoff, maybe give us eight teams. Is that really gonna change anything? I mean, who knows, right? Who who really knows? Uh maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But there's obviously the 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 big elephant in the room with Kirk Herbstreet went ahead and made some ignorant comments saying that the basically him and Desmond Howard were like, they their players are opting out, they don't love the game. Well, that's just a bit ridiculous. Because with the playoff, we've kind of made bowl games obsolete, and we say obsolete, but obviously people, yeah, I I don't have any doubt that any of these players don't love the game. I mean, Olave in Ohio State, he made a business decision; he didn't play in the Rose Bowl. It's not because he doesn't love the game. It's because I don't know. Gee. Maybe the fact that these are top recruits and they're about to get millions of dollars, whereas the NCAA right now doesn't pay them millions of dollars. Hell, they don't pay them at all. And so it's like, yeah, why wouldn't I opt out? You know, Jamar Chase opted out all of his final year. And then look at what he's doing in the NFL right now. Secure in the bag, man. And then you look at what happened to Matt Corral in the Baylor Ole Miss game. Matt Corral said, you know what, I, I don't care. I'm a top prospect. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play. And then he gets carted off the field. And a lot of these people, like, sure, he's going to be fine. But there's a lot of fringe players out there that, yeah, they're probably going to get drafted. But who's to say, what if they tear their ACL? What if they do this or that? And what they deem meaningless. Because if you're not playing in the playoff, then, you know, all these other bowl games are somewhat meaningless, right? And so... It's just ignorant of these guys who've already made millions. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet out here representing ESPN, never played professional sports a day in his life. It's easy for him to say, you know. And Desmond Howard, I mean, he of all people should know. By playing in the NFL, he should know. So I don't blame any of these college players for opting out. Not at all. And especially if we're going to sit here and applaud coaches like Lincoln Riley, like Brian Kelly who abandoned their team before their bowl game to go ahead and go take these these jobs elsewhere. Like, they just leave... Like, Brian Kelly was at a recruit's house when he got the phone call for LSU. So we're going to go ahead and make a big deal and applaud these guys for taking these coaching jobs, but God forbid a, a college athlete who doesn't have the millions of dollars, a lot of these guys come from nothing. We're going to go ahead and yell at them and make them feel like crap because they... They're, they're looking out for their future to get their money. No, I, I'm not buying that for a second. We're not going to sit here and give these coaches passes and then get on these athletes. So it's very ignorant. And, you know, maybe if ESPN loved the game so much, they would broadcast with no commercials, the championship game, right? That's the big thing going around. So enough of that. Uh, I do want to say shout out to you know Bob Stoops, old Bob Stoops, man. He stepped back in the ring, and uh, Oklahoma took it to Oregon, forty-seven thirty-two. I know the b- bunch of players opted out from both sides of the ball here, but hey, man, that that was great to see, especially with Oklahoma what they've gone through this year. Uh, I also want to talk about the four point five gallons of Duke's mayo that was dumped in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. That was <laughs> pretty pretty exciting. Obviously, you know, South Carolina, they ended up winning that game 38-21. And so that was exciting. And those poor girls, they they couldn't lift the damn bucket and obviously gave them a concussion there. But that was an exciting game. Uh, Purdue and Tennessee, that Music City Bowl, wow. All right, so 31-30, six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And then from then on, it was just points being scored left and right, and it was just insane. Now They are talking about forward progress, and then obviously Purdue kicked the field goal to win, so that was a disappointing ending to an otherwise really exciting game. And another shout-out to Central Michigan, who Boise State had to opt out due to a bunch of COVID issues, and they're supposed to play in the Arizona Barstool Sports Bowl, and the payout was only going to be like $300,000. Well, they ended up playing Washington State in the Sun Bowl, which... You know the payout there for them was four million dollars, and they went ahead and they won twenty four twenty one Central Michigan on. They had like no time to prepare for this team. They went out and they got it done, man. So good, good ups, big props to Central Michigan. They went out there and then, of course, the Rose Bowl itself. Man, that was a game. That was a game. Cameron Rising was dealing from the get go. Utah, they they were taking it to him, man. Uh, they went out; they were leading the game for the most part by two scores. Second half, uh, defenses decided to kind of show up there, and Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, him and uh, my God, him and Jackson Smith, Najigba, wow, Najigba, fifteen receptions, three hundred and forty-seven yards, three touchdowns, and then let's not overlook Marvin Harrison Jr. Names sound familiar, because it should. Six receptions, seventy-one yards, but he also had three touchdowns. C.J. Shroud, thirty-seven for forty-six, five hundred and seventy-three yards passing, six touchdowns. Sure, he had one interception, but just unreal stats, unreal. And uh, I just want to say, there's a lot of Buckeye fans. You know, when this game was not going their way, I, there was a lot of them on Twitter um I somehow stumbled into Ohio State Twitter there for a little bit and there was just meltdown central and rightfully so like there was a lot of talk about you know Ryan Day this is pretty much it for him and are they going to be able to get up for a big game and man Stroud was dealing that kid is good um and I I do want to shout out one of our our friends there he's very realistic he said yeah we went out there and he Ohio State won but that doesn't erase the fact that they have a lot of fixing to do. And then especially on the defense, defense of the side of the ball was not the best. I mean, they gave up 45 points, Cameron rising 17 for 22 214, two touchdowns. He ended up leaving the game. He got a concussion. What is what it looked like. And he also had 92 yards rushing and a touchdown for them too. So he was big, but there Bryson Barnes came in and after Ohio state went up 45, 38, he led let him down the field and uh, scored the tying touchdown. But Utah's defense also was nowhere to be found uh, that game. And so Ohio State ended up kicking the game-winning field goal. And, hey, you know, that was a hell of a game. Really, really good game, 48-45. So Utah, hey, they showed their worth. Uh, who knows what happens if their starting quarterback doesn't get hurt. Then again, their defense was nowhere to be found. But, man, CJ Stroud, big shout-out to you. Ohio State fans, you you're able to hang your hat on this. But uh, I'm glad some of you are being realistic And because you guys really, truly have been spoiled. I mean, my goodness, a lot of fans were just bitching about the fact that they're only in the Rose Bowl when a lot of teams would kill to be there. So to the unrealistic ones, hey, come on, man. Um, Maybe we expand the playoff. Then you get your chance there. Who's to say what could happen, right? But you got to win the games in front of you. You didn't get that done, but you won this game and your quarterback is going to be a problem. For the rest of the NCAA and uh if you guys can fix that defense man uh who's who knows what could happen next year because Stroud and uh Smith and Najigba, they they were fantastic Marvin Harrison Jr he's gonna be really exciting to to watch so and then of course you have Henderson so hey big shout out to you guys and uh yeah so Moving on over, let's transition some sports real quick. We got uh, Week 17 is wrapping up tonight. Ben Roethlisberger has invited a lot of friends and former teammates because it's pretty much his last game as a Pittsburgh Steeler in front of the Heinz Field crowd. Of course, they're fighting for their playoff lives. A lot has to go right. We're going to get into those here soon. So Browns were eliminated from the playoffs. Dolphins also eliminated from the playoffs. Things are starting to take shape. First and foremost, Hootay Nation, Cincinnati Bengals. Man, what a turnaround over the last couple of years. Joe Burrow, he is the truth. He is dealing. Jamar Chase, my goodness gracious, that man was possessed yesterday. That is a team I do not want to face in the playoffs. They took it to the, the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, man, and they they came away with a win. Came away with the win. So right now, AFC playoff picture. We're looking at the Titans. You know, the Titans, they've got to be the most quiet, confusing team in the AFC. Like, they were just out there getting it done. They're 11-5, and five, just out there getting it done all year. Derrick Henry hasn't played since, I believe, week eight. He's getting ready to come back. And what they've been able to do, what Mike Vrabel has been able to do with that team, to they have them in the one seed right now. I mean, Mike Vrabel, he, he should be in talks for Coach of the Year, potentially. You know, Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown. They got weapons on that team. They are also a scary team. Chiefs are in second as of right now. Bengals third. Bills are in fourth. Patriots hot on the heels in fifth. I believe. It's it's very interesting. So both are ten and six, but I, I'm pretty sure if the Bills win this week, then they win the division. Uh Bill Belichick, what he's done with that franchise, what Mac Jones has been able to come in and do, and their receivers are not big household names. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, we know him for dropping important passes. Uh, Jacoby Myers out here making plays. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, their running game really got it done. And they put up a 50-burger on the pathetic Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday and then of course we have the colts in sixth chargers in seventh so the chargers and raiders is actually flexed to sunday night football this week because winner of that game gets in the playoffs winner of that game is in the playoffs so big game Derek carr you know they started off so hot of course a lot of things have followed that team this year so uh they're not dead yet not dead yet they they took it to the Colts yesterday man they they beat the Colts in Indianapolis and uh, it's going to be really really interesting you have the Ravens and Steelers who are also the last couple teams that are in the hunt um Steelers they have to win their last two games and I think they need the Colts to lose to the Jags and they could get in uh Steelers Ravens is going to be this Sunday's game so that could that could you know decide whatever that that could potentially say but of course everything has to go right for these teams and then meanwhile in the nfc your green bay packers hey they clinched the number one seed for the second year in a row third year in a row they have had a playoff buy under matt lafleur what he has come in and been able to do for the green bay packers is incredible and i know because he has aaron Rodgers. That we're not gonna talk about him being coach of the year, but this is his third year going with 13 wins. That's no easy feat. I don't care who you have. Just look at Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Twelve and four. Last year they struggled a little bit. I mean, it Drew Brees, right? For the Saints. There were many years that they were seven and nine, nine and seven. It's just it's incredible what he's been able to do. Rodgers is dealing that football man. He's had four interceptions this year. Two of them came in week one. Thirty-five touchdowns, two interceptions since. And then second seed, you know the Rams. They they they're a confusing. They're twelve and four, but Matthew Stafford. Oof. They nearly should have lost that game yesterday. They only won by a point over the Ravens. Stafford, another pick six. Man, he just. I don't know what's going on, but he is throwing to the wrong team. Uh, their defense kept him in that one. Buccaneers nearly lost to the Jets. And, of course, another elephant in the room, Antonio Brown, quit mid-game. The reports are apparently he was his ankle was feeling sore. He wanted to come out. Bruce Arians said, all right, rest up for the playoffs then. You know, we're going to bench you. And then he threw a fit. He uh, threw his, his gear, his all his stuff, right there on the sidelines and skipped his way on out of the stadium. And uh, for somebody who apparently was too hurt, you know, and isn't happy because he was hurt and didn't want to go back in because he was hurt, he sure looked pretty good hopping and skipping and jumping around as he made his way out of the stadium, you know. And then, of course, there's reports that he ran right out of the stadium, jumped into a police car to go right to the airport, didn't have a shirt on. And, oh, that guy... It, Everybody, all of a sudden, it is very interesting. All of a sudden, everybody's coming out of the woodwork because they're like, hey, get this guy. He has mental health problems. Somebody should get him help. Somebody should get him help. But where were you all making excuses for this man when he's throwing couches, when he's flying in on a hot air balloon? He's making a big uproar about a helmet. He's farting in a physician's face. You know, like all this stuff, man, like all the things that Antonio Brown has done. Where? Where? Have you been getting him help? Every, it's so easy to just be like, oh, that's Anto. Oh, go off, you know. But this man has clearly had problems for a long time. And I don't know, I'm not going to blame it on CTE. I'm not going to blame it on one thing, you know, the hit by Perfect. But it's clear that he needs help. And I will say, good for Tom Brady at the end, he he seemed very concerned about somebody he thinks is his friend. I understand where he's coming from. But there's a very big lack of leadership with Bruce Arians, who basically wants to avoid any all questions. Last week, Antonio Brown's telling everybody they're all about drama. This is about football. This week, he quits on his team. Bruce Arians said he's no longer a part of our team. I don't want to talk about Antonio Brown. Well, no, you are the head coach. You have made excuses. You said one mistake and Antonio Brown is off the team. Well, guess what? He committed a felony and faked a vaccine card. And you welcomed him right back after suspending him for games he would have missed anyway with an injury. And now you just, I don't want to talk about Antonio Brown. Well, no, you should. You There is a lack of accountability with that team, that organization, to let Antonio Brown do what he was doing. And then now you don't want to talk about it. That's not how this works, Bruce. You should be up there answering questions. And it's Bush League of you not to be. And... That's my problem. I've had it, such an issue with Bruce Arians because he's so quick to point the finger to everybody else and very rarely ever takes anything on the chin for himself. So that said, moving on there, the Cowboys, they lost to the Cardinals. Thank you, Arizona Cardinals. Man, and thank you for Rasul Douglas as well. But the Cowboys lost yesterday and they they come off a routing of the Washington football team to lose to the Arizona Cardinals. And of course, I want to say that There was a point where there should have been a delay a game and then a fumble, but because Mike McCarthy did not manage his timeouts very well, you know. let me know if you've seen that before, he wasn't able to challenge and it was on the other side of the two-minute warning. So Dallas, of course, loses that game. Uh, Arizona has clinched a playoff berth. They're sitting in fifth. And what's funny is with the Packers beating the Minnesota Vikings so handedly last night, the Eagles have clinched a playoff berth, but... They're in the seventh seed. And so the sixth seed is still... So the seventh seed is clinched in the NFC. The sixth seed is still there. So right now, the 49ers are in sixth. And then you have the Saints on the bubble. So teams eliminated the Jaguars, of course. The Lions, of course. Texans. Shout out to Davis Mills. That guy can deal the football. And I think Houston has something with him in their future. The Giants, what a pathetic franchise they are right now just pathetic they threw for a total of negative 10 yards yesterday somebody tell me how Mike Glennon still has a job in the NFL he is so hard to watch so hard to watch and Joe Judge he's got to go he's got to go Gettleman gotta go like my gosh this franchise is just a dumpster fire a dumpster fire the other New York team, though, the Jets, I think they've got something to Robert Sala, man, and Zach Wilson has really turned it on as of late and started to look pretty good. So they are eliminated, Panthers eliminated, Seahawks eliminated, Bears, Washington football team, Denver, Atlanta, Minnesota, Cleveland, Miami, all eliminated. Real quick, going back to the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in two months. Um, at what point do we start to question and worry about his development? Because you've got these rookies like Davis Mills. You've got Zach Wilson. They, they're they on very bad teams as well. But they're still finding ways to score touchdowns and get it done. Trevor Lawrence is throwing interception after interception. It is not pretty. He is forcing ball in a triple coverage. Of course, it doesn't help when you're professional NFL wide receiver's drop a lot of passes either. But it's it hasn't been pretty, man, and I get it. He's there's been a lot of turmoil in Jacksonville and Shad Khan, man, he is you're letting Bevel make decisions and he ran Harbaugh out of town in San Francisco and did just ran that franchise from a Super Bowl potential winning franchise to nothing. And so he's got to go, but the the ownership in Jacksonville is a dumpster fire in their own right as well. So that said, I I will say I I got to give I got to give a pass because Trevor Lawrence is actually the only one out there who is actually answering questions. There's no other veterans out there answering questions to the media. Trevor Lawrence is out there. So, while he's had a lot of issues, it's it's also like, hey, he's he's actually done a pretty good job of, you know, taking it So I don't know, man. Let's kind of talk about, you know, so pretty much the playoff picture, like I said, shaping up. And so we uh, we've got some potential things. So I, I do believe that should the Colts win over the Jags, they get that sixth seed. And then it comes down to whoever wins the Raiders Chargers game, which who knows what you're going to get out of the Chargers, right? Who who really knows what you're getting out of the Chargers because they are such a confusing team to watch. Like one week they're they're world beaters, the next week it's like who is this team? No idea. So we uh we'll see. So here's the tie breaking procedures. There are seven postseason recipients. Okay, we got it. We all know that. Uh, this gives me nothing, so we'll just go ahead and move on. I thought this was actually going to go ahead and tell me what we're looking at here for this week, but it doesn't. Okay, so if the Bills win, then the Bills are going to win their division, okay? That's how that goes. Bills win, they win their, uh, they go ahead and they they win their division. If the Pats win and the Bills lose, then they win the division. Pretty pretty easy. Pretty pretty simple there. No big, Nothing groundbreaking there. Um, as far as the NFC goes, if the Rams beat the 49ers this week, the Rams win their division. If the 49ers win, then they get in the playoffs. If the Cardinals lose, then the Rams win the division. But the, if the Cardinals win, I believe that they take the division. So it's all... Very, very confusing. As of now, the Eagles will play the Rams, the 49ers will play the Bucks. the Cardinals will play the Cowboys. Those are pretty, pretty exciting playoff matchups. Um, but it's very interesting that the NFC West, it's going to come down to pretty much just a lot of mayhem. So if the Cardinals lose and the Rams win, the Rams win the West. If the Cardinals win, I believe that that means that the Cardinals win the West, Rams do not win the West and but the 49ers still have to win so if the 49ers lose the Saints win the Saints are in so it's pretty pretty crazy to see what kind of goes on so Tennessee all they have to do this week is win because they get the one seed because of their head-to-head matchup against the Chiefs so Tennessee win they have the number one seed Cincinnati's ahead of Buffalo based on conference record Buffalo is ahead of New England in the AFC East based on the division record four and one to the Patriots three and two, so Buffalo all you gotta do is win, you're good. Chargers are ahead of the Raiders because of their head-to-head matchup. Indianapolis is ahead of the Chargers based on conference record. Colts seven and four, Chargers six and five. Pittsburgh is ahead of Baltimore in the NFC AFC North. I'm sorry because of their head-to-head. Uh so that's kind of how that goes. Uh, Pittsburgh really needs the Colts to lose to Jacksonville not going to happen and then Pittsburgh has to go 2 zero. so it looks like this is really it for Ben Roethlisberger but hey crazier things have happened right it's gonna be an exciting week 18 and uh, I want to talk about though Jamar Chase like he passed just uh, Justin Jefferson to break the rookie receiving record and good for him man good for him it was it was insane that the, the no defense showed up, no defense. So the rookie record was broken with 4, 1,429 yards, and uh, he just, that man, he was a man on a mission. He had 266 receiving yards yesterday and a couple of touchdowns, no big deal. And at the end of the game, it was very, very interesting because they they were on the goal line and had chance after chance. The Chiefs, they were, I saw what they were doing, trying to run the clock out, but also at the same time, it's like, you almost at what point do you take the points? Because it's like the football gods telling you to take the points. And hey, they ended up scoring a touchdown. Like I said, the Chiefs committed a couple errors. A lot of the refs decided to come out. You know what? Whatever. Shout out to the Bengals. They they deserved the AFC North and they went out there and they did it. So good on them. It, it's really exciting. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I like that team a lot. They have a lot of studs. So it's it's gonna be interesting. Pretty much Sunday night football, like we said, it's going to be the Chargers Raiders. Saturday night, it's going to be the Chiefs Broncos at 4.30 Eastern. Uh, Then the Cowboys are going to play the Eagles at 8.15 Eastern. That's going to be a good game. That could be a, a potential playoff matchup. You know, the Cowboys, I'm pretty sure they've clinched the division. Like I said, the Eagles are locked in the seventh seed. But still a lot to play for. Still a lot to play for. Chiefs have already clinched the AFC West, but they need to win to have a chance at the one seed still. Cowboys still, like I said, have sewn up the, AFC, the NFC East title. Um, and then the Chargers are going to square off. So the matchups on Sunday, we have Pittsburgh-Baltimore, Cincinnati-Cleveland, Green Bay-Detroit. And Rodgers and Adams, they've both said that they want to play a little bit against Detroit, which I'm honestly okay with because it's very easy to rest them. And then you have this week off. You have the bye week, and then that's three weeks since they've played. So, for me personally, uh, I'm all aboard them at least playing like it's a preseason game. Also, Adams, you know, there's a couple things he wants to break record-wise, which the dude is a monster. Why not? He broke his single CV, his res- most receptions with, I believe it was like 16 last night. His previous was 15 that he set last year. Um, scored a touchdown. Dude had 100 yards in the first half. And so... I believe they said they want to play. We have Carolina and Tampa, New England and Miami, San Fran and the Rams. That's a big, important matchup. Jets and Buffalo, Buffalo, all you got to do is win. But the Jets, hey, they're not going away quietly. New Orleans has to beat Atlanta and hope to get help from the Rams. Seattle and Arizona, I mean, that could be a good matchup. Arizona, all they got to do is win as well. And Chicago, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Jacksonville. It's it's going to be exciting. It kind of sucks that week 18 cuz it's like, oh, we could be in the playoffs already. But, you know, uh it's it's exciting, man. And this is the final regular season, kind of see what we got before we move into the playoffs. Uh talking about the Packers game last night, man, that was a frustrating game in the first quarter because for whatever reason Green Bay can't get anything going in the first ha- like first quarter of any game. They've been outscored so bad in the first quarter. And then, then when the you know, first quarter ends, they go ahead and they they just turn it on for whatever reason. They The field goal kicking, though, I'm going to tell you right now, it looked really good. Mason Crosby seems like he's back to Mason Crosby, which is refreshing. Uh, he came through, kicked a couple of field goals early on in the game. Uh, that Green Bay, man, red zone woes. Good Lord. They're, they were 14th in red zone efficiency going into last night and didn't do themselves any favors. They turned it over on downs. Uh, to start the game, they were 0-3 in the red zone with two field goals. And it was ugly, ugly football, man. Just to start, I don't know what was going on. I don't know if it was just a cold or really what's going on because nothing has changed from last year when they're in the number one team in the red zone to this year, right? So hopefully, come playoff time, it's a little worrisome. A little worrisome. Uh, but hey, number one seed, you got some time to to work that out. Um, I David Moore... Hey, he had the longest punt return for the Packers in the last 48 games. And it's sad because it was like 21 yards. Uh, but he could stick around, man. Like, let's keep that guy. It's about time. We found somebody who could return some punts and field some punts. Our special teams actually seemed to look a little bit better last night. Preston Smith, uh, Preston Smith, where did he cut this year? Preston Smith, he has nine sacks, nine sacks on the year. And, uh, Man, that is – he started off the season really slow. Rashawn Gary, hey, he came out another – Rashawn Gary had a couple sacks last night. Uh, good, like It was just – he played a game. Let's see, he had one sack, two tackles for a loss. Preston Smith had one sack, two tackles for a loss. But Smith was everywhere early on. Smith was in coverage, you know, right from the get-go. Yeah, he got burned on the first play of the game on a bootleg. Okay. He then, on a fourth down, had a pass breakup. Get an important sack. He was at the line of scrimmage on a lot of the screens. And speaking of somebody who was everywhere last night, Devondre Campbell. What a pickup that guy has been. Absolutely everywhere. Uh, you didn't hear Eric Stokes' name called at all because they didn't throw at him. I mean, they you just you just didn't throw at Eric Stokes. You didn't throw at Rasul Douglas. I get it. Mannion was in quarterback. That's fine. But Green Bay's defense. You know, Kenny Clark. Like Kenny Clark is just a monster among men out there and hey for as much grief as packers fans give kevin king he he did pretty well last night kevin king has been playing decent football as of late so give that man some credit chris barnes had a had a couple picks he should have had but uh, overall really really good defensive effort to, to just go out there and get it done last night um on the offensive side of the ball my god Devontae Adams, 11 receptions, 136 yards, one touchdown. That's just the connection that Rodgers has with Devontae Adams. Just it's unreal. It is absolutely unreal. We will never see anything like it probably in Green Bay, potentially ever again, if not a very long time. Shout out to Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard showed up six receptions, 72 yards, a touchdown. He's had three touchdowns over the last couple weeks, including the record-breaking one last year. It's really refreshing seeing the connection they have um, just because he – I like Lazard. He's a great blocker in the run game, but he's he's big, and he's he's coming around. Got some hands he's coming around on. Um, AJ Dillon, my God, good luck tackling that man in 10-degree weather in Lambeau Field because he had 14 carries for 63 yards, two touchdowns, and his second touchdown, like – He just barreled his way through that defensive front, and it was just goodness gracious. It was a thing of beauty. Rodgers, 288 yards, two touchdowns. MVP chance raining down all around. Uh, Aaron Jones had a couple of nice runs. He only ended up with 76 yards rushing, but I believe he went for 25 yards and 27 yards respectfully in two separate runs. He looked really sharp last night. He's looking healthy. We got a little Jordan Love action. He went two for four, 19 yards. And he actually, you know, look. Uh, we're not going to put a lot of stock into a fourth-quarter blowout against a team that's just warming the bus, right? But he he seemed a lot more calm than he did in that Chiefs game. He he made a couple throws. Uh, that, you know, his cadence seemed to be pretty decent. So uh, we may be seeing a lot of him in Detroit next week. Who knows? And, uh, yeah, Patrick Taylor, when he came in, he, he looked like he was even on a mission as far as running the football. So Deguara, though, uh, 11 yards, I just want to point out, he had an initial drop in the red zone, like one that he could have just, he should have caught. And that's where we're really missing Robert Tunyon this year, I think, is we're missing that that he was a sure thing catching the ball right. But, hey, you know what? I think Tyler Davis, uh, Daphne, Deguara, they're getting involved more. MVS only had one catch, three yards. St. Brown had one catch, 14 yards. So there was a little bit of spreading the ball around, but, if we get that adams Rodgers connection going, it's it's unreal. And I, I'm really having a hard time finding that the Packers are going to move on from both of those guys in the offseason. I don't want to think about it right now. I just want to enjoy what we have. Um, I really would do some dirty, dirty things to be able to get down to that the divisional round game, if not if they make it to the NFC Championship game. But one game at a time. Two games at home where you are undefeated this year separate you from the Super Bowl in Los Angeles – this is it, man. That's this is the third time's a charm, they say, right? And selfishly, of course. Let's I hope so. I hope it. I you know, the, all the all the heartbreaks, all the potentially Rodgers getting a fourth MVP. Who cares about that? Just win the Super Bowl. That's all we're asking for. And two, hey, two more home games. The the ball, this is what you asked for. Last year there was no fans. Tom Brady came in, beat us. You know, it's more of the Bucks defense that beat us, right? But this is your chance. Get it done. The defense. Let's let's just win, baby. Just win, baby. So, last things before we go ahead and wrap it up here. Some NHL talk. Uh, Winter Classic was played this weekend. I love the Winter Classic. It was played in Minnesota. The Wild ended up losing six to four, which isn't bad. They were getting routed most of the game. Uh, I would love to see beanies on goalie helmets all the time, just because it looked. Cam Talbot looked like a stud out there. That was pretty great. And your Boston Bruins have won two since coming back from the COVID break. They routed Detroit 5-1 to one yesterday, got some depth scoring. Looks like Tuka Rask is on his way back should they come up with a contract. So, hey, a lot of exciting things. The NHL is not going to be in, taking part in the Olympics, of course, as you have all might have heard. Uh, it's it's frustrating for players like Brad Marchand. He spoke out about it. I get it. I, I get it completely a lot of these guys this is their last chance to go out and do something for their country win a gold medal potentially especially team canada and now they can't and the world juniors is also canceled so you got to feel for a lot of those guys as well like it sucks as a sports you know a player you want to take part in these things it's a lot of pride a lot of things and now you're not able to and covid man it's just it's it's a real thing still. It's running crazy. we are I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. But you really feel for a lot of these, these players, especially when it comes to the NBA, especially when it comes to NHL. Like, a lot of these NBA teams are fielding G League teams because they don't have enough players out there right now. So, I don't know. No one knows what the right answer is. Uh, the Lakers, they won yesterday, but the Lakers haven't looked good. Russell Westbrook is just a turnover machine. Uh, I don't know what's going on there in Los Angeles. They're just not a good team. I am sorry. Russell Westbrook, you know, how many turnovers did he had? Nine turnovers. Nine turnovers yesterday. Like, good Lord, Russ. Something's got to change out there. Uh, Boston beat the Atlanta Magic. The Knicks lost to Toronto. Cleveland beat the Pacers. Uh, the NBA, it's it's hard to get into the NBA right now for me personally, just because of all the COVID, a lot of the, th- and so it's, basketball is one of the s- sports I love playing most, but it's just really hard to get into the NBA. College hoops are going on, uh, Boise State's team, they had to cancel their game with Wyoming because of COVID issues, so again, it makes you wonder how many of these playoff games for the NFL and all these other teams that are coming up. How many of these are gonna get cancelled or something because of covid is is somebody going to win a championship this year because of covid? you would like to hope not, but uh it's just interesting times we're living in out there. Uh, I would love to not see that happen, but we'll see we'll see a lot of exciting playoff football coming up the national championship games next week. We have one more regular bowl game with LSU on Tuesday night. So hey, For all the teams that made the playoffs, sound off. Hit us up in our mentions, and uh, hopefully we can maybe get to a playoff game and uh, meet some of you guys. So thanks for listening to my wonderful, amazing voice this week. As always, I am Matt. Check out Sports Brews and News if you've stumbled upon us. And, uh, hey, we'll see you next week. And uh, go Pack Go!